Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. I want to direct your attention to a familiar passage of scripture. One we have preached from often, but I want to return there today. The book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1. The book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1. I want to give honor today to Bishop Walls. I'm so thankful for his, his ministry and influence in my life. I, I appreciate him very much. He's my rock. And uh, I lean on him more than I think he would know. I appreciate the honor and the blessing of working with family. I'm so, so thankful to have a loving wife that is not just my partner in marriage, but in ministry as well, helping me understand and grow and be a better person. I'm a better person because of you. I'm thankful for our kids that work in the kingdom of God. And God could have called them in different places, but he called them here. And I'm, I'm very humbled by that. And I'm very thankful for that. And I'm thankful, amen, that in the past year, God brought the Binghams to us as family. And I, I know what it is to serve in, in, in community and in church where you don't have that. Sister Gilden has, and I have pastored in many, many times. It's just us. And no family, and and it's such an honor. And I count all of you family, all of you. I, I get to go to church with you, and I love it. I love it. Praise God. I appreciate so much God's blessing in this church tonight or today. Uh, we've set aside as our annual state of the church address, and I want to read from the book of Hebrews, chapter twelve, and verse number one. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. I want to talk to you today about the great exchange. The great exchange. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for this service today. I stand here needing your help, needing your anointing. I, I, I depend upon that. I, I want to give my best, Lord Jesus, but without you, I cannot fulfill my mission. So today, we thank you, Lord, for all you do. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. amen. <clears throat> the Lord bless you. You can be seated. The advancement of the kingdom of God is not a sprint. But neither is it a solo marathon. From the cross to the crown, the church is really in one continual relay race. 
Over the years, we've come to realize that in life and in church, change is inevitable. Change is inevitable. Transitions will occur. Life is full of seasons. And if you're only experiencing a few seasons, it means you haven't experienced life very much. It means you're not very old. But the older you get, the more you come to realize that life is full of seasons. Destiny is marked by those seasons. But it is marked, as the, as the video so aptly put, it's marked by moments, grabbing moments, moments of transition. For in this race, we must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in the moments of transition. Today, I'm calling them the great exchange, moments of great exchange. <clears throat> One of the dangers of longevity, and we're thankful this year we're celebrating 105 years here at MPC. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. But one of the dangers of longevity and success is that we can come to the point where we idolize the past and we can fantasize about the future. And in so doing, we often miss the moments of today. <clears throat> it is vital to know the past. It's important to know the past. It's great to have vision for the future, but the most important moment that you live in is right now. The most important moment of MPC is right now. And God knew that he was going to put you here and me here for such a time as this. Paul said that knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Now is high time. Our church stands in a historical precedent. Our church stands with rich heritage and history. Can I just remind you a little bit of our past? MPC began in 1914 with a tent meeting that was, just, that was pitched just north of Medora in a grove. A mighty revival came to this little small farming community. There were stories of miracles and signs and wonders that brought great interest and magnified God. By all accounts, our church is one of the first apostolic churches in the state of Indiana. As a matter of fact, I only know of one that is older than ours. We often recount the miracle of Jesus' name baptism arriving here in Medora. And, and, and I think it's important that we burn that, that picture in our mind. Because if we don't know who we were, we don't know who we are. And therefore, we can't know where we're going. <coughs> Somebody say amen. amen. I'm going to take my time today. I want to I caution you ahead of time. This is a 747 message. I'm going to need a long runway. It's going to take me a while to get in the air and a while to land. If you come expecting a helicopter message, you just better hold on. <laughs> According to Brother L.R. Uton's biography, he said this story, and I quote, he said, I mentioned Brother Turner's experience. That was the experience of him receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost in detail for the following reason. Some weeks later, he came to me <clears throat> with a request to baptize 35 or 36 people in his community who had been brought to the knowledge of the truth through the preaching of this humble servant of Christ since being filled with the Holy Spirit 
as in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. I assured him that since I was only the evangelist, he was 17 years old, by the way, I was only the evangelist and would be their pastor, and he would be their pastor, it would be best for him to do the baptizing, though I was then a young man. He looked at me with kindly eyes and said, But Brother Uten, you've been a father in bringing me the apostolic faith. And how I wish that you might do the baptizing. He said, I urged him, however, to comply with my sincere request, and he obeyed. In the midst of the baptismal service, a marvelous event took place. He said, as I was helping the people in and out of the water, I heard a voice from heaven saying, my brother, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. While I yet marveled at what I heard, for I had never heard of such a thing before, Brother Turner came to to the bank of the stream inquiring, Brother Uten, what was that I heard today? The Lord spoke to you. What did he say? When I told him what I had heard, he doubted that the Lord had said it. He said, but Brother Turner... There is only one way to be baptized, and that is in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Broken in spirit, he continued, we have been, you have been instrumental in leading me into the light of the apostolic faith, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Now please, don't be misled by some strange spirit. I assured him that I had never heard or read about baptism in Jesus' name before. So come now, let us return to the house and search the scriptures and see for ourselves. I'm telling you what our heritage is from. Turning to the scriptures, we immediately found where the apostles baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Acts 2, Acts 10, and Acts 19. Thrilled and inspired by this heavenly visitation, we rejoice greatly and read the scriptures all night long. Hallelujah. That is where we come from. That is our history. Amen. If you didn't know it, our church began in that kind of environment. Our church also at one time was a storefront. We were a storefront church for after the revival church services were held in in a storefront on Perry Street. From there the people, our people moved to a building on Main Street and then they purchased in December 30, 1915 for $110 the property that we are now on. What a buy. God has blessed MPC. We are a multi-generational church. Amen. Thank God for faithful-minded people that said I will continue on the trail that was blazed over 105 years ago. But it didn't just have a 1914 revival. It's had a 1920 revival. It's had a 1970-something revival, a 1980-something revival, and I'm believing for a 2019 revival. In 19 and 20, Brother Benton held another tent revival on the old school crowns. Once again, a major revival broke out in the community and many would bring their tents and camp 
all night. As many as 500 would gather in one service. Hallelujah. I want to tell you there was something going on. Now I'm not here to idolize the past. I'm here to tell you that if it was for that generation that sought God, it is for this generation if we will seek the Lord. Praise God. According to testimonies passed through generation, some of those, and I'm just going to mention a few, early prayer meetings included people like Oral and Annie Weddle, John Weddle, Flora Weddle, James and Ma Hubbard, Effie Easton, William and Mary uh, Mize, and Margaret Russell, just to name a few, that would come together and they would pray. Our church forefathers, what did they do? They seized the moment of their great exchange. They seized the moment that revelation come. They seized the opportunity. They began to grab a hold of revival for their day. Amen. Many of those who ran the race before us learned how to not only seize Holy Ghost momentum, they learn how to maintain Holy Ghost momentum. Some of your grandparents, some of your great-grandparents, and some even of your great-great-grandparents ran the race before you. They've gone on to the re their reward, but as Hebrews 12 tells us, they are now a great, I believe, heavenly host that is cheering on the present-day MPC that says run the race, run on run with integrity run with persistence run with intention each successive generation has run their leg of the relay each responsible for seizing their moment a revival and victory this is how runners run the race before us as I said, the great race that we are in is not a sprint, neither is it a solo marathon, but rather it is more, I believe, like a relay race. In a relay race, the most important moment of the race is not the four legs, but the moment of passing the baton from one runner to another. It's known as the transfer zone. I'm going to call it the great exchange. Incoming runners must work hard to avoid dramatic changes in speed late in their leg. They've got to be consistent, maintain their speed. As they approach the zone, they need to stay in their predetermined part of the lane and aggressively attack the zone. Aggressively attack it. In the exchange, it is the responsibility of the incoming runner to place the baton in the hand of the outgoing runner. Let me say it again. It is the responsibility of the incoming generation to put the baton in the hand of the outgoing generation. If you're going to complain about the outgoing generation, then you have to only look at yourself because it is our responsibility to put the baton of faith, to put the baton of doctrine, to put the baton of worship, to put the baton of truth, to put the baton of giving, to put the baton of praying and evangelism and mission it is our responsibility to put that in their hand. 
as the incoming runner hits the go mark, the outgoing runner turns forward and begins accelerating. At the predetermined point, the outgoing runner moves the receiving hand into position and leaves it there, keeping it as still as possible until he has received the baton. The outgoing runner must avoid fishing for the stick and should keep his hand steady. The incoming runner can see the hand and it is the runner's job to put the stick in the right place. Runners then must work together in the moment of the transfer. The outgoing runner starts running before he receives the baton. He doesn't stand there and say, I wish somebody would give me a ministry. I wish somebody would help me. I wish somebody would prepare me. I wish somebody would give me a position. I wish somebody would give me a pulpit. I wish God, uh, somebody would help me. No, he's already running before he ever gets the baton in his hand. Runners have only about 1.9 seconds in 20 meters to exchange the baton. The passer, those that are passing the baton must have a mindset when they enter the zone. It should be that he will blow past the receiver. Obviously, he wants to keep running. He doesn't want to lose momentum. I want to tell you those that come before us in our generation, many of them, amen, began to run until they blew by us. But they didn't blow by us just simply to outrun us. They were putting things in our hand, but they weren't going to slow down. They weren't going to give up, but they wanted to show us, you need to run until you finish. You need to run until you put the baton in the next generation. Hand. Can I tell you that the transfer zone, the great exchange, is when we effectively transfer and transition vision and mission, purpose and values, morals and qualities from one generation to another generation. We have a responsibility here at MPC that we have to say those that handed us the baton did their job, but will we do ours? Will we, we can run, we can run, but the moment of transfer is the most critical moment of the race. In the 2016 Olympics in Rio de Janeiro, the U.S. men's 4 by 100 meter had come had some of the fastest men in the world. They were projected to be winners at least of, of gold and possibly or silver and possibly gold. Yet they came in third thinking they had won the bronze medal. But they didn't. What's the reason? They were disqualified and Canada was given the bronze medal in their place. What caused this disqualification? Amen. Between the first and second legs, there was a problem with the baton exchange between Mike Rogers and Justin Gatlin. Americans protested, but to no avail, because according to Rule 170.7, the track and field handbook says it is illegal for the baton to touch the second runner's hand before it passes the yellow line that marks the start of the, of the zone. Overhead shots 
of the exchange show how Gatlin did, did just that. He broke the rule and therefore they were out of the medals. They didn't get bronze. They didn't get anything because somewhere in that transfer zone, they could not pass it from one to another correctly. Jamaica won the gold in that particular Olympics, but Japan came in second and won the silver. The thing about Japan's runners is not a single man on Japan's second place team made an individual sprint final in the Olympics. What it meant is that none of them were fast enough to run on their own. But what they practiced, and they practiced over and over and over and over again, is they said, we may not be the fastest. We might not be uh, Usain Bolt speed. Amen. But at least we can do something and do it well. What we're going to do is make sure that we do we transfer this in the zone and do it legal and do it right. There's a lot of people today that is passing from one generation to another generation, and they're breaking up the laws of God. Amen. Giving up on standards. Giving up on doctrines. Giving up on truth. Giving up on righteousness. Giving up on good character. Giving up on integrity. Giving up on winning souls and reaching the lost. Giving up on mission. Giving up. But Japan said we can practice the transfer. Can I tell you, NPC, we may not be the biggest. I wish to goodness we had everybody here today. We may not be the loudest. We may not be the most talented, but one thing we can do is that we can practice giving it to our kids, giving it to the next generation. We can practice over and over winning souls, reaching people, loving people, investing in people, helping people. Eight times. Since 1995, the U.S. men's team has either been disqualified or failed to get the baton around the track in the Olympics and the World Championship races. They've mishandled the exchange two of the three Olympics. And the last Olympic or the last championship in the 4 by 400 where the pass Shouldn't be a big deal. They bobbled it, and it cost them the gold. Folks, we can't afford to bobble in transition. We can't afford to falter in transition. The writer of Hebrews says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run. Let us run. Let us run with patience, perseverance, diligence, persistence, and purpose. Let us run with passion. Let us run with the intent to do our best. Let us run with the intent to do our best. The fact of the matter is we don't run for ourselves. But we run for those that are cheering in the heavens. How many of you have got relatives in this church that have already gone to be with the Lord? Amen. No longer here with us, but, but they, are, they, they went to church with you here. Went to church with you here. Well, Stand up, please. 
Stand up. You have relatives. I, I'm standing up. My mom and dad went to church here. Amen. They have gone on to be with the Lord. Can I just tell you, think about whoever that is, is now standing over the precipice of glory in some way, in some way, saying, run, 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 run. It's not how fast you run, though. It's not how good you are, amen, in everything you do. It's how good you transition. It's how good you act in your moment of exchange. It's what you do in the moment of transition. It's what you do in that moment where you are defining your walk with God. But it is not only those who cheer for us that we run in heaven's grandstands but we run for those that are standing in the next transfer zone ahead of us. We are running for our children and our grandchildren. We are running so that God help us. The saddest place in all of scripture is that just one generation removed from Joshua, there grows a generation that did not know God. One generation from Joshua, there grew a generation that didn't know God. Hallelujah. Why? Either one generation didn't care because they didn't want to hear or one generation didn't care because they didn't want to tell but somewhere the baton was uh, was bobbled somewhere the momentum was lost because a race means advancement a race means growth a race means improvement a race means momentum somebody say momentum in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 that familiar scripture that we just recently heard preached about Jesus said Thou art Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Somebody say, that's a promise. That's a promise. The gates of hell is literally the gates of death. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. What Jesus is saying is that my church will survive death. One dies, somebody's going to rise in his place. My church is going to go on because each generation is going to be positioned to prevail. Each generation is going to be positioned for their revival. Others can run before us, but others will run after us. It's not all about me. It's not my church. This is his church. Amen. The danger, though, of missing out can occur in the exchange zones. Amen. We can't expect to prevail if we don't focus on our moment of great exchange. How many have stood that we've watched in the exchange zone, but somewhere they got their focus off, fell into something that they shouldn't have gone into, departed from God, went down a road. Have you, have you ever just clicked on Facebook and saw a friend that you knew 20 years ago and they look totally different now. You, 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 they're not married to the same person anymore. And I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not saying judge them, for, but something happened. Something happened in their life. Something happened in their world. Let it be that we don't bobble our baton in the great exchange. So how should we run? How should we run? <clears throat> How, how, how are we going to transfer from one generation? Because it is about us. Somebody say it's about us. Wherefore, seeing we, somebody say we, 
We are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Let us, not just me, you and me together, because we run this race together, lay aside every weight, every weight. Let us, amen, in 2019, I believe it is the year for us to unleash into our mission. But we're in a moment of the great exchange. We're in a moment that is critical. Amen. We can't afford to get sloppy. We can't afford to get careless. We can't afford to get casual and under concern. Amen. About our walk with God. What do we do at MPC is not just for this moment, but for the next generation. But this moment matters. This exchange matters. Are we focused? Are we intentional? Are we ready? Is this race that is ours? Have we claimed it? Amen. Have we said, okay, I'm here. God put me here. I'm not going to lollygag and say, I wish I was somewhere else. I'm going to say, yes, this is where God put me. God placed me here. This is my generation. This is my moment. This is my church. And I'm getting ready for whatever God has for me. And it's a great moment of exchange. We must be aware of who we are and where we've come from. We must have vision of where we're going. But we need to be good stewards of where we are right now. Good stewards of where we are right now. Luke chapter 16 and 10. The Bible said, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon who will commit to your trust the true riches. One of my most important scriptures for every preacher I invest in. If you can't be faithful in the little, you won't be faithful in the much. If you can't be faithful in unrighteous money, then you can't be faithful with the true riches. God looks to see how we take care of things. God looks to see how we treat mammon. He looks to see how we treat mammon in the the ministry. I want to thank today, and I'm going to ask these folks to come to the front. I want to thank our trustees today. Brother Mike, amen, will you come and stand if you can? Come and stand. Brother Joe, will you come and stand? Amen. We are missing today. Brother Bobby, he is with Sister Bev, who's in the hospital. And we're missing today. Brother Keith, who is visiting his new grandbaby. Mm -mm. I guess we'll let him slide. I'd like to ask our church secretary, amen, kind of keeps all the loose things together. Sister Teresa, will you come and stand with us, please? Serves as our church secretary. I'd like to ask Sister Gill, who serves as our church treasurer and financial administrator. I want her to come and stand with us. Uh, uh, Sister Peggy, I don't know if you can let him go for just a little bit, but can you can you come and stand with us, please? Sister Peggy serves as, as part of our accountability. Amen. She... When the ushers receive the offering, she is the one that goes in and counts it and makes sure everything's recorded and put in the right place so we're accountable. You know what we're saying? Oh, God, would you look over our our system? Will you look over what we do? We're going to do our best to make sure we're taking care of the unrighteous mammon because if I want the true riches, if I want revival, i got to take care of Uncle Sam and Abraham Lincoln and Benjamin's. Does he does does Benjamin get here as often as 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 uh, George? George is very faithful to church. <laughs> Hallelujah! Some of y'all young folks go home and Google that. You'll understand it later on. 
But I want to say, and I, 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 I'm so appreciative of these men, Brother Bobby and Brother Keith do a tremendous job. I lean on them. I lean on these men because they're integrity men. They're men of character. These men are spiritual men. And they're talk, we're talking about building things. But you see, what I come to understand in Scripture is that natural mammon is a test to reach the spiritual riches of glory. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that we have systems in place and people in place to help us do the job correctly with integrity. Amen. Would you give them a great big hand today? One of the funnest things for me in pastoring now is that I remember talking about me and Brother Stumbo. I remember when me and Brother Mike had hair. I'm... You know, buddies in 20s getting to work with God now when we're a little older. Thank you to our staff. Thank you to our ushers that collect the money and faithfully take care of it to its prescribed place. Thank you. Give the ushers a great big hand today. MPC, you are a giving and faithful group of people. We are blessed and highly favored because of that. As you will soon see, amen, we are generous when it comes to missions. We are generous in helping other people, amen, but we have got to be also very generous and aware to help the church. We, got, we can't give to missions if our light's not on. We can't give to missions if we're not taking care of our building, if we're not doing the right kind of things. They tell us that when you land, get on an airplane, if the, if the air goes out and you're a mother with a little child, you put your airbag on first, your mask on first, and then you give it to your children. If we're going to be able to do the things that we've got to do beyond our doors, we've got to be a healthy church. We've got to be a church that's sustained with health. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. We must be diligent and faithful to take care of the church. We must be diligent. If you would put up the first slide there, please. Praise God, the first slide. All right. In 2019, we took care of our building, our utilities, our phone, our internet, our live stream, our podcast, our insurance. It'll blow your mind how much insurance costs for this building and the, and the property here at our campus. It'll blow your mind. $4,000 a year? Okay. Hallelujah. You help that by going and giving. Amen. We have uh, supplies and maintenance, and that comes to a total that we spent on the, on the upkeep of our building and keeping our facilities going and keeping our lights going. We never one time was late with the bill. Never one time missed it. Hallelujah. Come hot or cold. Amen. Run it all the time. We got a place. We spent 21000 over $21,000 just taking care of our building. I want to say thank you for running the race in that area of Mammon. In the year ahead, we'll face new opportunities and challenges with our campus. But God will supply the need as we seize our moments. Amen. That means 60% of all general offerings that come in, go to maintain mama, go to take care of the church, go to help us stay healthy. Amen. In this race, somebody say hallelujah. Would you clap your hands for provision? We have been taught and we have been given a passion 
for missions. Let me share with you what we did this year for missions. Put up slide number two. This year, we gave $32,173.20 to missions. That includes World Missions and Missions America. Oh, thank the Lord. If you'll look down on the line underneath that number, that means 31% of our general offerings goes to missions. 31% of our offerings go to missions. Praise be to God. Let me share with you some more news. Slide three, please. In this past year, we saw a 38% increase in our missions given in this year. 38%. Almost $7,000 we gave this year. More than we did last year. You said that 2018 and I've said that 2018 was a bad year. Well, devil, I want you to look at that. I want you to see that God blessed us. I want you to see that God provided. In our, our, our darkest of times, God provided. Again, you're going to be hearing more in February about missions giving because I believe that part of the reason for that increase is the first of last year we renewed our pledges and we became focused and we became intentional. I believe if I see that promise, I want that connected to my home. Amen. I want to begin to pray. Okay, God, what can I do to increase my pledge? I'm going to do it by faith. I'm not going to be crazy. Amen. I'm, I'm, I got too much other stuff to give to, but I want to make sure I'm taking care of mama. I want to make sure that I'm taking care of missions. Did you hear your pastor? I'm taking care of mama and I'm going to take care of missions. Slide four, please. In 2018, we gave $8,835.12 to what is known as our We Care Ministry. That includes, we included in that, our ALJC Crusaders Overflow Offering, which goes to missions. Our Channels of Blessings Offering, which goes to missions. Amen. But that also is our church's, the vast majority is our church's We Care Ministry, which helps other people in our community. Can I tell you, this is what we've done with every dollar that we've given out. We're saying we want to bring hope to you. We're going to help you. We're going to help you. It didn't stay here to pay a light bill. It went to them to help whatever the situation. $8,835.12. Amen. With that particular We Care Ministries. Lord, we thank you. And you put those two together, slide number five. When you put those two together, that means 40% of what came in in our general offerings didn't stay in house. 60% stayed in house. 40% went out. 40% went to missions. 40% went to help our neighbor. 40% went to help a Missions America pastor. Amen. What, what are you saying? I'm saying the Lord said he loves a cheerful giver. The Lord loves a church. This gets the attention of God. Lord, we want you to know we're, we're doing our best to take care of the unrighteous mammon because we want the true riches. So 40% of our general offering last year was unleashed, went over the wall. Anybody paying attention? Go to the podcast if you're not. We unleashed and went over the wall to serve somebody that more than likely was never going to give anything back to us. That's where the blessing is. 
Okay, slide six. I want to talk to you about the Nehemiah miracle offering. In our Nehemiah miracle offering for our refresh project, we took in $32,000 in Jesus' name. Can you say hallelujah for that? How many were blessed because of that offering? How many did God already put back in your life because of that offering? How many has God provided for you already? And, and that, that right there is a miracle. Our special offering truly is a miracle. Amen. Next slide. Let me show you where some of it has already gone. We have put out $12,000 with our parking lot, which is over here, finishing that, and the gravel and stuff that we've done to the building over here uh, on this side, making it get finished and get ready for the next level project. How many of you are thankful for a finished blacktop that isn't peeling and chipping and in danger? If we, we have a smooth place to go park, hallelujah. How many ladies have kept your heels from getting ruined? Praise God. Men. But that is what we have paid out. So what that means is that right now, we have already set aside 20, next slide please, $20,000 is ready for refreshing. Twenty. We, we are right now looking into plans for new doors and getting play, uh, prices on new doors and, and things we can do. I, I, I honestly don't know exactly everything that's going to happen. Here's what you've got to understand about, about doing stuff like this. Number one, God can change the direction right in the middle of it. But the goal is to totally refresh our sanctuary and refresh our flooring down through the hall, down in every room. Amen. We're going to give some more this year. I believe the Lord is going to provide. And we're going to make sure that we refresh our building in a way that it is pleasing and up to date. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for where we are. I want to take care of what we have. But can we do something more and better? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. I thank Sister Gill for these figures and helping me so diligently to get them together. The next slide is an interesting slide because it flips and goes to tithing. If you would put the next slide up. This tells us how many households we have here at MPC. How many households we have and how many households are faithful in their tithing. We have 11 single adult households. We have four that are consistent tithers, four that are inconsistent, and three that do not. We have 21 family households, 13 are consistent tithers, five are inconsistent tithers, and three do not. We have eight retired or single uh, retired people in their household. We have eight households that are consistent tithers. We have zero that are inconsistent and zero that do not tithe. You know what that tells me? Somebody got wise. Are you hearing me? They come to the realization, I can't live without this. I can't live without, this is a promise that is beyond me. This is a promise. I want to really let you know that these numbers are fluids when it comes to household work because we are constantly seeing fluctuations and changes in our church throughout the ebbs and flow of the year. 
But let me just give you a little bit of, of a way you can kind of break this down. 55% of our church is faithful tithers. That number is up from last year. We have 22.5% of our churches inconsistent with their tithing. That number is down from last year. That's a good thing. Because somebody went from inconsistent to consistent. Somebody got a revelation from inconsistent to consistent. Amen. This is about your blessing in your own life, in your own home. God will provide if you put him first. Praise God. 15% of our church for whatever reason, do not tithe. But can I tell you, that's an improvement of 37% over last year. We improved over that. What that tells me is that there's some folks that are catching the vision and the understanding. Hallelujah. This is about the Lord. My God is my supplier, not my job. Amen. I don't have to worry because he said he would take care. My God will supply all your need according to your riches and glory. Come on, let's love him today. Let's love him today. Let's love him today. So what do we do? Looking ahead. Looking ahead. We look back at last year. We look back beyond that. What do we do looking ahead? How are we going to run this race with intention and efficiency? Can I say this? Every time you pray, you're running. Every time you worship, you're running. Every time you love a lost person and you reach for their soul, you're running. Every time you give, you're running. Every time you're faithful to the house of God, you're running. Every time you serve others, you're running. Every phone call you make to encourage a brother or sister or an unsaved person, you're running. Hallelujah. The question is, can we run better in 2019 than we did in 2018? If we approve from 2018, 2017 to 2018 then I surely know God's got something good for us amen I'm not worried about the numbers I know who my God is I know my God is able to supply I'm going to share with you something that has evolved and I've asked God as pastor here okay God you put the thoughts in my head I'm not going to just try to put God in a cookie-cutter place and say this is the only way God can operate. You put the thoughts in my head. So this past year, uh, my son talked me into something. He talked me in. I'm blaming him. He's talked me in to get my concealed carry permit, my concealed carry permit. And I did. I, I got it. And I looked at him and said, and he got his. And I said, I'm not going to carry until I can go to a class and learn some laws, learn a little bit about, I know, I, know what, I know what gun safety is. I'm not naive. I was raised in Texas with guns. And, but, you know, I want to be very comfortable about what, what I should and should not do if I have to carry. Can I just stop here and say, if you've got an anger issue, please go put your card up and your gun up. Oh, do we need to go back to a slide? If you've got an anger issue, don't carry. You're waiting for disaster. So, I got to searching. I could find no class in our area for what I needed. So, 
I just felt impressed. I started talking to Brother David Lane Hart. I started talking to Andy. I said, what would it take for us to have our own concealed carry class? These are both, how many is thankful to have Brother Andy with us today? 22 years, retired this, 22 years, retired from, from the Sheriff's Department. Thank you for your service, by the way. We appreciate that. Amen. I think he retired one day and went to work somewhere else the next. <laughs> but with his expertise, Brother David's expertise, on March the 30th, we're putting on the very first that I know of, Apostolic Concealed Carry Class. <laughs> but my motivation is this. We're going to open it up to our community free of charge. But they have to register. <laughs> Something in my eye. Uh, they have to register. We're going to get them there. I went to my barber and told him about it there in Brownstown. He said, man, that's awesome. I've got a concealed carry. I want to come. He said, would you put up a sign in, our, our, uh, in my shop here? I said, absolutely. And, and I'm believing by the help of the Lord, we're going to reach out to our community and say, here, let, let us help you. We want to add value to you. We want to give you something. We know we, we really care about you. We're concerned. I don't want some Yahoo out here with a gun that he's carrying that he's never had any idea of what to do with it. Somebody say amen. And in our world and in our town, we are far away from, from a police force that could get here anytime quickly. We, we need to have an idea of what to do, and so we're working on that. But I believe by the help of God that we can take something as simple as a class like this to better people's lives, to make them more aware. Amen. If you're not a concealed carry person, I understand that. That's, that's cool. But... I remember one day when I was asking for a hands of those in the MPC church on a Tuesday night that had concealed carry permits because I wanted to use your card as showing, and 12 of you raised your hand in one little Bible study service. I ain't going to do that today, but I will tell you this. You hear me now. If you have concealed carry, it's mandatory for you to be in that March 30 meeting. You got to be there. You've got to be there. I said, You've got to be there. Amen. Why? Because we've got to be ready for understanding. It's called running the race. Mark it down. We have some other exciting things. Come on, Brother Timothy, Pastor Timothy, come and share with us a few other things. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Just something to share with you real quick. Two very exciting things. First of all, 2019 MPC is committed to building value in each other and in our community. Amen. So first thing, every Sunday morning, beginning next Sunday, everybody say next Sunday, from 9 to 945-ish, we'll be having a coffee and fellowship time in the fellowship hall for our church. Isn't that going to be awesome? Isn't that going to be cool? Complimentary coffee. Every once in a while, you may find a snack in there or two. It's going to be awesome. This is for members. It's for visitors. And we believe that this is going to be a wonderful way to build a deeper relationship with each other and with the guests who come and visit our services. We encourage everybody, every single person in here to meet us, Join us for, for coffee. Talk with us. Bring your friends. Bring your guests. Let's have a good time together. Say every Sunday morning, every Sunday. 9 to 9.45. All right, we're going to have coffee and fellowship. That's awesome. Now, 
One more thing I want to tell you about. We would like to do something super awesome this year. It's, it's time to invest in the community, right? It's time that we go from here to there. So we are going to designate every fourth Sunday morning service of the month as a friends and family Sunday. This is going to be good. It's important that we're always reaching out and that we're always encouraging our friends and family to join and visit all of our services. But this fourth Sunday of the month, it's going to be designed around our community. We want to take time in our service to honor members of the community and highlight and celebrate the community efforts that MPC is currently involved in and going to be involved in in 2019. Is that awesome? That's just uh, one way that we can build value. And, and to do that, it's going to take being intentional. So we're going to have a friends and family Sunday. With a designated friends and family service, we're going to be able to remove the fear of visitors feeling singled out because they're the only guest in the service. Our goal is going to be to pack this place out with friends and family. So when you're out there witnessing and you're over at your barber shop, you can say, hey, yeah, come on this fourth Sunday. You don't have to feel intimidated. It's going to be awesome. We may be having breakfast in the back so you can join us at nine for that. We may come out here and you're going to have 30 other people here. You might walk out with a gift. It's going to be crazy. We're going to have a good time. Does that sound cool? Does that sound awesome? That's going to be great. Having a designated service like this will also help us in how we go about creating outreach campaigns. And it's going to give us an opportunity as a church body to unite together our outreach efforts for one singular goal. All right, we're going to have some cool uh, outreach ideas happening all throughout this year. By, but having this fourth Sunday, we're going to have some team goals. We're going to reach out to our community and we're going to bring people here for family, friends and family Sunday. Is that awesome? Whatever we do this year, however we do it, we've got to find ways to build value in others. And this is just one way that we can do that. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. One other thing I want to share with you is that the ushers are going to have this in the back. This is a 2019 year main events broken down by the month. I just highlight some of them because we have the the we um, uh, the princes within the LJC princes within. We have uh, our concealed carry self defense class that's going to be coming March the 30th. That's just in March, and then. Um, we have a revival with uh, Adrian Sanford in April. Uh, of course, Mother's Day in May. Uh, we have Pentecost Sunday and Father's Day. And uh, uh, this year at General Conference, I'm preaching the first night. I want everybody that can come. Let's be a part of that. Uh, Indiana Camp in July. Youth Week, August 2 through 4. More information coming. But we also already have our, already scheduled Pastor Michael Yardentech, who's going to be here with us. September, going to have some great time uh, events that are happening. And then, of course, October is our anniversary time. And uh, we're going to have a tremendous 105th anniversary service. November. How many of you remember Dr. Reveille? Remember Brother Reveille? He came and was with us. He's coming in November. We're going to have a tremendous time. Then we're already at Christmas. There's the year. Be sure to pick one up. Pick one up. They're gonna, the ushers are going to have this available. This is a magnet so you can stick it on your refrigerator. I want to tell you, all the announcements are essential. 
but a lot of times people miss the announcements. We're going to do everything we can to get this in your hand and know, get a part, be a part, get somebody else, be a part, be aware of what's happening. Uh, somebody say, praise the Lord. We're still preaching. We're still preaching. What are we going to do? We're going to run this race. The next verse says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Three focuses that you got to have when you're running a race. Number one, you got to get your eye and focus on the right person. Jesus is where we look to. Look up. Jesus is there. Look forward. Jesus is there. Then we need the right focus on purpose. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. We can survive this because we're getting to that. You can go through some things while you're running because you're getting to the prize. Somebody say hallelujah. Stand with me please. There is no way in one service I can express the depth of the state of the church. But what I can do is point you to the direction of going, reaching, and serving. <clears throat> going, reaching, and serving. Let me share with you how Paul did it. 1 Corinthians nine nineteen. He said, for though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all. Look at that again. Though I be free, I'm free. I don't have to, but I've made myself a servant unto all. There was a day where you could walk down the neighborhood, knock on doors and talk to people. And invite them to church. And they want to stop and have coffee and talk. And now they slam the door in your face because they think you're either a political peddler or a Jehovah's Witness. It's a different world, Brother Mike, we're living in. And people are not going to like your God until they like you. Can I say that again? They're not going to like your God until they like you. Jesus said, or the scripture says, rather, he that winneth souls has got to be wise, wise, wise. You've got something that they need. You've got a peace they can't find. You've got joy that they can't find. Amen. You have got, in the moment of crisis, you have a testimony that in their moment of crisis, they can't find Thank you, Lord. That's what it means to reach, to serve, to go. He said, I become a servant to all. And under the Jews, I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jew. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God. He said, I kept my relationship with God. I kept my walk with God. I kept my... We may be free from the demands of legalism and the expectations of man, but yet we must choose to serve. We must choose to love. Our goal this year, hear me please, I want to be clear. 
Our goal this year is really not to get people to church. Our goal is to go to the lost. Our goal is to go to the lost. Amen. There are people that will never know this blessed gospel if we don't go to them. Paul said, went on to say, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. Run with excellence. Hand off the baton with excellence. Be temperate in all things, he said. Be ready. Are you ready to run in this year's race? Are you ready, ready to pick up the baton and pass it on? Are you ready to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily beset us? Amen. Running means that we're willing to leave the 90 and 9 and go for the 1. God help us. God help us if we don't have enough of the Holy Ghost that if we serve others, we become like them. Doesn't have to be that way. God help us if we can't have enough self-discipline to not be influenced by the world that we're reaching for and put on bulky weights and besetting sins. We must run, 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 run with the mission. Run to love people. Run to help people. Run to encourage people. Run to see them changed. Run to let them know the power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's not about getting them right now into a certain outfit or getting them to look a certain way. It's about letting them know the love of Jesus is for them and let him and let the church disciple them. Is there anybody want to run with me today? Would you step out? Just, just make a declaration. Today I'm running. Today I'm running. Today I want to be a difference maker. Today I, 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 I got it, Pastor. I got it, Pastor. I, I, I get it. I'm in a transfer zone. I need to be very careful. I need to be very careful. Maybe what I, what I did last year was great, but this is a new year. This is a new opportunity. Maybe what I did in, in my giving was great last year, but I got a new opportunity now. I've got a new chance to step into this race. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, let your power overshadow us today. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.